Don't worry, you're in the right place. Resilient Faith Online is now Amplify Your Authority. I'm Marissa Shadrick, and I'll continue to bring you a wonderful blend of powerful marketing strategies with a touch of personal growth insights for business success. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome. I'm Marissa Shadrick, host of the Resilient Faith Online Show. I'm an online marketing coach and certified copywriter. In this podcast, you'll find a different perspective on the external and internal challenges we face as online creators. Join me for some inspiration and practical tips to create positive influence in the world. To continue the conversation, learn about my private Resilient Creator community, Go to marissashadrick.com forward slash community. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is John, Nick John. He is a marketing strategist for business thought leaders and e-commerce businesses, challenging the status quo with their message. Nick is the founder of Upstart Marketer, a digital marketing agency that helps businesses integrate SEO into their marketing strategy. He is also the host of the Learn Like You Mean It business podcast. So you got to learn like you mean it, a lab for dissecting and field testing business lessons from everyday experiences. Welcome. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Marissa. So good to see you again. It's good to see you as well. Yes, we met through a conference, right? Mm -hmm. We met through a conference and he was sitting next to me and we got into a conversation and it was just so fascinating to me because a lot of us hear about SEO, but we're not always sure how to implement SEO really well. (laughs) So I wanted to continue the conversation. I thought it would be great to have all of you listen in as I ask Nick some questions about that. So Nick, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Can you just tell us, first of all, how you got interested in SEO? Yeah, so I went to school for English literature because I wanted to write a novel. And then I had one of my professors say, oh, yeah, you don't need to be a you don't need a college degree to be a novelist. So money well spent. So I had to find a way to, like, you know, pay for the tuition. And then my friend um, and this is actually how I got my first job and my first crack at um, SEO for e-commerce is like, hey, we need a copywriter. Um, you write. You kind of do it. Do you want to learn? <laughs> and I had a personal blog and we all start with WordPress and we all know about Yoast. And, you know, that's how I first learned about SEO. But gosh, it was actually turned out to be a lot more than that. So I did um, selling sunglasses for a number of years and that's how I learned SEO. And I've been doing it now for five years. Going wow. On six. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, for the sake of those people that maybe aren't sure exactly what SEO is. Can you kind of land the plane and give us kind of a simple explanation of what is SEO and why it's important? Mm -hmm. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And really what it comes down to, it's communicating, but not with people, instead with machines, algorithms specifically. So what we're doing when we're optimizing for a search engine is to use certain communication techniques that the algorithms understand. So it understands, oh, you are relevant for copywriting, for example, or you are relevant for whatever your business is. And really, that's what it comes down to. So anything an SEO practitioner does for you is to help you gain visibility. 
because they're helping connect what you know with how people are using those search engines to find that information. Got you. So when we're communicating to the algorithms, does it make us sound less human or is there a natural way of doing this so that we can communicate with the algorithms, but still sound like, like us when we're talking human to human to our audiences? Mm -hmm. And that's a great question. So maybe 10 years ago, you had to use some really uh, janky kind of language <laughs> to make sure the um, algorithms knew what you were talking about. We're talking about like you had to use exact match keywords. So if people were looking for how do I take care of my corgi, you would have to type out how do I take care of my corgi like a couple of times in the line. But now you can use a variety of language. And this is all because the point of those algorithms was to become more human-like and to be able to understand human language as we speak it. So now you have the benefit of, you know, uh, NLP, you have all these different techniques and uh, algorithmic lines of code to help it understand the way we talk. So you can use synonyms now where maybe five, 10 years ago, you couldn't use a synonym. It didn't understand that a mitt and a glove were the exact same thing, but now it does. Wow. It's amazing, right? The advances, mm -hmm. how much Absolutely. better it is now. So even somebody that maybe used it some years ago, maybe even five years ago, they can learn something new today and, uh, and really implement, you know, be able to use SEO more effectively as well. Do you see a, a common mistake across the board when people are using SEO or maybe think they are, but not? <laughs> Do you see common mistakes? Yeah, there are. I would say there are two. Mm -hmm. One is they do not link their web pages together. Um, so that doesn't help Google understand how your content is related to each other. So if you wanted to demonstrate you're an expert in copywriting and you had all these copywriting articles, but they weren't connected, it wouldn't understand how they were topically related to each other. Oh, I see. I mm -hmm. see. Okay, so that so is is it enough to have something like Yoast on your website or there's probably more, I would guess, but <laughs> it's a good start, right? Uh if you remember that Yoast is a tool and so treat it like a ruler rather than like an inspector, that oh. will be really important. And on top of that, Yoast is a tool that has free features, but ultimately wants you to use its paid version. So anytime you're using one of those freemium tools, I like to think about what is the business, uh, what's their business angle? How do they make money? And then that tells me I have to take what they're offering me with a grain of salt because they're trying to get me into their paid product. So this is where I don't even use Yoast anymore. I think um, it's a crutch for a lot of people actually. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so aside from the internal links, the other thing is you need to put your keywords that you're trying to target in specific parts of your web page. Gotcha. So that'll be the title, the URL. You'll want it like in your first paragraph. And then you can put it in your H1. That's a little bit of coding language. Uh, but that all helps signal to Google that this is about how to do copywriting for missionaries. 
Right. And when you right. put it all there, it sends a very strong signal that this page is in fact about doing copywriting for missionaries. Yeah, it's interesting how you say H1 is coding. And I think of H1, H2 as fonts, <laughs> font <laughs> size. <laughs> so, so much that I know. But in any event, you said that SEO helps us become more visible. So mm -hmm. we're talking specifically organic traffic. Mm -hmm. Is that yes. specifically? Okay, so can you explain organic traffic for everyone? So I want them to really understand how it helps us be visible. So when we align everything correctly, What's so important there? So if we're getting organic traffic, you know, we don't want to miss that, right? We want to leverage as much, much as possible. Can you explain what that is? It's not paid traffic. It's not, it's organic traffic. Explain Absolutely. what that is. So when Google talks about organic traffic or people talk about organic traffic, they're talking about when you type something into Yahoo, Google, Bing, those results that come up are from somebody organically seeking out information. And so any um, organic search traffic is from those searches. Now, of course, on those results pages, there can be ads on the top, on the side, all over the place. But that is a separate type of marketing where those engines will have, we'll say, a product for marketers like me or businesses like us to bid on those same keywords to try to get your business there as well. So organic is totally free um, mm -hmm. if you're doing it on your own. Gotcha. And back in the day, blogging, you can make a lot of money being a blogger because the internet was a lot, there was a lot less content. So it's a lot easier for people to get their content to rank. And then you would be able to make money off of basically just the time that you put into any um, content that you created. So the number that we give right now for the return on your investment on content marketing for organic versus paid search, it's like, I think it's like six to one, six oh. to one in comparison. Okay. okay. So if you're doing ads, um, your, how effective it is, is only as good as the money that you put in. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, content marketing and organic uh, search, it's only as good as the effort you put into the content. Got you. So now that you're talking about content, if someone is, because blogging is not dead, people are still, they may call it articles or call it something else, but they're writing content, especially mm -hmm. writers love to write content. And, and people like to consume content differently. So when yes. it comes to writing, is there a certain length that writers should consider to get the most out of that piece of content they've created? Yes, I got two answers for you. Um, the longer explanation why, and then we have the short answer, like, okay, just give me, just give me a number. <laughs> so the first answer is, it depends. And it depends because every single keyword, Google believes that there's a search intent behind. And because of that, it's going to serve certain information. And the information that's presented on page, you can look at all the results and there's going to be an average number of words that comes out. So okay. that means that potentially the answer can be found in 500 words or even less. And so you might find that one of your competitors only has like 250 words and that is ranking on the first page. 
the reality is um, the number that we're going to use is 2,000 words. And this is for just a general uh, rule of thumb. And the reason for that is Google is looking for qualitative answers to these search queries. Because if oh, it could okay. be answered now in like 250 words, it's probably going to show up in like the people also ask, or it'll have like that featured snippet where it'll just answer the question for you with that line. Mm. That's kind of the way the uh, Google's evolving. Gotcha. So those keywords that you're focusing on, aim for 2000 words, and that'll help you not only articulate and demonstrate your expertise, uh, but also be a, a good amount that uh, your competitors are probably also going to aim for it as well. Gotcha. That's great. That's awesome. Now, speaking of the way people consume content, there's some other ways. So I wanted to see how we leverage SEO. One of them is video, video mm -hmm. content. So how, what would we do to be able to marry SEO with our video content? What's a good practice? So if you're doing video content, highly recommend you're using YouTube for your both your longer form content and your shorter form content. So you have YouTube and then you have your YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason you're going to put your longer form content on YouTube is because YouTube is, it operates actually like a search engine for video. Mm -hmm. And now what you're going to do is on a web page on your own website, you're going to take an embedded link for your YouTube video and put it on that web page. And then you're going to flesh out the content. Uh, something that we did when I was at SporterX, uh, my first job, is we would record videos on like the best sunglasses for fishing. We would do a YouTube video and then we would link that video, sorry, embed that video into our a blog post. And then we would elaborate on the answer. And the reason for that is because the it's a lot to ask an algorithm to understand the content of a video. It has to understand so many images and then has to contextualize that with the dialogue. And then it has to understand how that is useful to um, the people watching it. And mm -hmm. so it actually doesn't, we'll say crawl the video. It actually uses like social signals, like likes, shares, watch time, those things to help it understand its relevance. Mm -hmm. So writing um, is still very important because it helps Google understand what the video is about. Absolutely. So it's not enough to just put it on your website and then maybe have a few little lines, you know, in this video, you're going to discover this, this, and this, and that's it. It's best to go ahead and put content in there like you would like a blog post so that you can leverage that. And it can actually help you because <laughs> it, like you said, it can't tell what you're saying in the video. So are the images, is it important if you put images in there to also, um, you know, on the back end, how you can put alternate text and is it important to take care of all of that? It seems like there's so many places that we have to go. So I'm just curious. Yes. It's a, uh, so there's going to be so many things that you're going to tactically do to do SEO. The way to think about it is, um, it's one of what my mentors said to me, Doing SEO is like collecting pennies to become a millionaire. <laughs> you do all the right things. And then as you do them every single time you become richer. So the best practice for your images is to add alt text to it. Now, one caveat is if you're using um, like stock imagery 
and it's not really related to the content that you're writing, don't worry about the alt text. It's not, I mean, those images are so broad, it's not really about what you're talking about. But let's say you have an infographic or Mm -hmm. something that's more dialed into the content, by all means, have the alt text there. So Google knows what the image is. So you can show up in Google um, Google images search. And then also that helps really solidify your content page. So going back to like videos um, and how you're going to write around that, you wouldn't just leave an info, uh, you wouldn't just leave an image on a web page and assume that it's like answered for. You would do the same thing for the video. You would write content around that video, around those images to have that full experience that you're trying to create. Gotcha. And I would assume for those that consume audio, like podcasts, we'd want to do a, a similar thing as well. Mm-hmm. Writing text, because we have a player, right? They'll play the vi- the audio, but we want to, especially if we have it on our website, we want to expand on that and add text as well for the same reasons. Is that correct? Absolutely. So we're doing a podcast right now, mm-hmm. and we'll say the killer piece of content for your audience because we're all busy and we don't exactly have like large teams of marketers to do is to have this as a video published on YouTube, have this on, you know, your whatever podcast channel that you choose. And on your webpage, you're going to have a embedded YouTube video. You're going to have your embedded podcast player. You're mm-hmm. going to have your content. Uh, so not your show notes, but like content that really fleshes out like the conversation that we're having. And yeah. then you're going to provide a con- uh, a transcript and that'll be your killer content page. Mm, okay. So transcript is important too. The transcript helps uh, because there is, it helps Google understand that this is the conversations that are being had in the YouTube video, the podcast, the audio file, and then all the con- the original content is to make that page stand out. Because if you just have your web page hosting a video and a podcast, the question Google will ask is, why would I show this page when I could show the YouTube uh, video instead? Mm, or just take okay. them to the podcast page. So mm-hmm. you have to provide something unique and worthy of Google showing it in its search engine results pages. And I would imagine, because some people might be thinking, well, that sounds like a lot of work, but this continues to work for you mm-hmm. ongoing, right? The so great wh- thing about SEO yeah. is if you do the work now, mm-hmm. it pays mm-hmm. dividends in the future. We talked about paid search, how it's only yeah. as good as the money that you continue to put in. Right. You can do, for example, at SporterX, one of my peers, he, we had a brand ambassadors and he created a piece of content. It was called the guide to Oakley prism. Now that blog actually paid for like a third to half of his salary every year because he did the content and he did it once. And all he did after that was he just continued to update the content as it brought in more relevant information. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. So once you're the king of the hill in search engine results pages, the only thing you can do is lose your position by neglecting it. But if you continue to treat it as an asset, really, your website is an asset and you continue Mm -hmm. to refresh it, continue to share it with people, 
then you're going to get more length and it's going to continue to appreciate in value and continue to maintain its position. So that means that every time you put out a piece of content, not only is it a road into your website and a way for people to discover you, it continues to build out your body of work and appreciate its value entirely. Yeah, that's a good thing. So whatever we do up front, and I suppose when you're even at the very beginning, when you're thinking about a podcast episode or you're thinking about an article, it's probably a good idea to do a little research first, wouldn't you think, to see what are people looking for, I would think, right? Absolutely. So there are going to be two ways that you're going to go about it. If you're already an expert, you're going to have ideas of what it is that your audience is interested in. What you then do is you can use keyword C uh, research to validate um, how much traffic you're going to get. So that helps you prioritize which articles you're going to do, uh, which podcast you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you can see what the competitors are doing on the first page. It's like, oh, when people ask this, it seems that Google believes that this is an important subtopic to tackle. So that way, even though you can create, you know, a dozen um, episodes out of like one topic, it may make sense to actually consolidate it and put it all on one page. And this is especially important when you're just starting out. You may be, there may be this like desire to create as much content as possible. But the issue that we talked about is if it's too thin, if it's not like 2000 words, and it's not targeting the intent. Right. Then right. you're going to have all these pages that even if you link them all together, mm -hmm. Google doesn't think are qualitative and it will actually not think you are an expert. It'll think that you have a lot of fluff. And then when you end up talking to me, I was like, oh, hey, Nick, what can we do? It's like, oh, we need to consolidate all these pieces together. <laughs> you could have just done that at the beginning. <laughs> that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, say we've been doing this and we've been doing it a while and we want to see how things are performing. Let's talk a little bit about maybe reviewing the historical data. Can you tell us like, how do we do that? How does that help us? Uh, what if we don't like the numbers or what can we expect? Oh, absolutely. So there are two free tools that Google offers you for your website that you absolutely need to have connected and going right now. The first is going to be Google Analytics. Uh, that's going to give you basically information on how people are interacting with your website. The mm -hmm. other tool that's really important is Google Search Console. And Google Search Console tells you how Google as a search engine is going to your website and interacting with your website. This is really important because of privacy laws. So Google Analytics will tell you, oh yeah, people came to your web pages, but it won't tell you what keywords people came in on your web pages for. Oh. So yeah, we may know that you have a really uh, good page that's getting a lot of organic traffic, but we don't know why people are necessarily coming there. Now, if you have Google Search Console, it'll tell you, oh, yeah, this page is doing well. These are the search queries that people are coming in from. And it's like, okay, people are coming to me, and they're actually not coming to me for copywriting. They're actually coming to me because they want to know how to grow my business as a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's completely, those are very different things. Yes. 
And that suddenly gives you insights like, oh, if I wanted to do more content marketing, if Google thinks I'm related to the or relevant for this, I can build out that content. And then I can work in my angle as a copywriter, as like, you know, a business developer, consultant, marketing consultant in mm -hmm. that way, rather than trying to um, bang at the front door, if you will, where it doesn't seem Google thinks I'm the most relevant for that particular term. Got you. That's really helpful. Wow. You've given us so much to think about. And I, I love how you explain things. You simplify it in such a way that I can understand it. If I can understand it, anybody can understand it. <laughs> Sometimes you. I get cross-eyed when I'm thinking about <laughs> SEO. So in this journey, um, I'm so excited about your business. I always love to leave the audience with some encouragement and help them to get to know you a little bit. Was it always an, uh, kind of an easy path, an easy journey for you to get to this point? Were there any challenges that you had to overcome? I would love if you would share something to just encourage our audience. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Many coaches, consultants, service providers, and even course creators understand the power of having an email list. It is your greatest asset. However, lead magnets have not been converting like they used to. The market has changed. Hi, I'm Marissa Shadrick, online marketing consultant, certified brand and certified copywriter. I've got a brand new membership program and it's called Amplify Your Message. This private membership is exclusively to help you with your lead acquisition, your lead magnets. It's so affordable. Anyone can be a part of this. Only $29 a month. And I show up for coaching calls. We brainstorm ideas. I give copy critiques. I help you improve your lead acquisition process. You can get all the information at marissashadrick.com forward slash community. I'll see you there. Take care. Oh, that's a great question. So for me, I know we've talked about like, you know, how I got here before. The answer I would give is if you're a entrepreneur, you have a small team, or maybe you're just doing it yourself. The mindset shift that you need to make from thinking that what you have to offer the world, somebody else could do and it doesn't have to be you. You have mm. to set that aside and really go for it. Mm -hmm. There's, it may be true. There's a lot of SEOs, a lot of great SEOs that can do what I do. The reality is there are, what's like 8 billion people in the world. <laughs> they can't reach everybody. What you have to offer, um, and you know, we're Christian, so there's like this idea of like a divine appointment and sovereignty that God's going yeah. to put you somewhere in somebody's life in a particular season for a reason. You're, if you're entrepreneurial, that's not by accident. If you have an idea to change the world, that's not by accident. And you have to, you know, pray about it and see where God's going to take you on that journey and to go for it. Yeah. Um, otherwise you're going to be, in a corporate setting where uh, I'll be honest, I came from corporate where making a difference is hard because there's so many decision makers who, um, you know, they have different perspectives and you might not be able to uh, get what needs to be done, done. Right. No, well said. 
great advice. There's a lot of people in the world and nobody can share the, the information, the content, the coaching, the way you do, right? Because it's unique to you. And like I said, you have a very unique, great way. You're, I think you're a teacher at heart because you have a great way of explaining things and simplifying what may feel very complex for others. And that's what I liked when we were talking at the conference. I thought, oh gosh, I understand what he's saying. <laughs> so in any event, um, I'd love to know what do you do when you're not doing SEO? What's, what do you do on the times that you're off, you know, maybe after work or on the weekend? What's life look like? I'm curious. Oh, yeah. So I'm the oldest of six and my family, I'm actually the oldest too. So my family's younger and we love playing board games like Dungeons and Dragons. We used to play Monopoly, but then, you know, there's so many board games that we've just like grown, <laughs> outgrown Monopoly. So gosh. Um, actually this past, uh, holiday season, my entire family got together and we're just playing board games and getting fat off of food. Like my family loves to cook. I used to be a sushi chef. Um, that's oh, wow. how I paid for college. So, you know, sushi and board games, that's what we love to do as a family. Oh, that sounds perfect. I love spending time playing games and lately we've been using, um, just dance, you know, it's a video thing that you dance. <laughs> and we've yeah. been doing that. And I figured, well, heck, it gives me good exercise, right? After two or three of those, I'm done, you know? <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so that sounds great. I love it. I couldn't ask for more, right? Hang out with family and friends, play games, laugh, relax. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, Nick, this has been so informative. And I just thank you so much for your generosity and just sharing all of your knowledge for all of us. How can, if somebody wants to reach out to you and they're just stuck with this, they need help, uh, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, um, I'll provide a link, but they can basically do 30-minute chat with me. Let's get to the bottom of what's going on with your marketing and where'd you like to be in the next year. The reality is, SEO is very attractive. It's like one of those things that's becoming sexier as like time passes because everybody knows that they are going to need to do it. Mm -hmm. But here's what happens if you just do SEO. So that company that I used to work for, they banked on SEO and they didn't develop their other marketing. And they were expecting a 10x return on my old team. And that didn't happen. So what happened was they actually needed to grow their email list and they needed to like nurture their team. So you, you're, you'll come to me and we'll talk. And my solution for you may not actually be something that um, is going to be related to SEO. It's like, hey, we can bring all this traffic to your website, but you don't have something. It's going to be a leaky bucket. You don't have the next step. So we're talking yeah. about like that killer page of content that we could create for them. Mm -hmm. But they also need a next step. And yes. So let's talk because we need to not just think of SEO as like something you can tack on to your business. We need to integrate it to your products and services and making sure that any investment you put in marketing, the ultimate returns is like, you know, revenue. Mm -hmm. And it may not be that SEO is going to be the thing that like generates dollars, but it may be the thing that helps you grow your email list. So let's mm -hmm. talk. Let's find out what you actually need and make sure that your marketing really gets you where you need to be next year. 
Awesome. And you help companies, but you also help small businesses, solopreneurs as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. In fact, I would rather, I'm always love a David and Goliath story. I'd rather <laughs> help a small business owner like have the life that they want and to be really able to impact the people that God's put in their life than yeah. that corporate giant that doesn't really need my services. And there's somebody who's who will probably be more than happy to take their business. Yeah. I'll take it if it like I can see like how I can actually make the people I'm interacting with like their lives better so they can like spend more time with their family, for example. Yeah. But really, really have a passion for helping uh, like minded entrepreneurs. Like there's something special about us. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, we need I love it. We need more of us. And I need I can help you make your marketing work. So that's not the thing that's holding you back from the life that you're meant to have. And to be in that place where you can, you know, be the light to the world. Absolutely. Well said. I love your perspective on that because it's the same with copywriting. Copywriting is not a fix-all for everything. You have to have the other pieces in place so that you can leverage copy. And sometimes people are not even sure about their messaging or who their target audience is. And so I totally get it when you say that. I love that approach that it's you're going to actually help them assess to see if, if it's SEO that they need. Awesome. But if it's something else, then you're going to point them in the right direction. And I think that's wonderful. So I will make sure I will put the link in the show notes. And my, my show notes are going to be more more robust <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> because as a student <laughs> of Nick's, I'm going to have to, you know, um, up my game a little bit and do some changes <laughs> here. As you're, as you're talking, I'm going, oh boy, I got to fix that. Oh boy, I wasn't <laughs> doing that. <laughs> so anyway, Nick, thank you so much. You, you've been just such a wonderful guest, loved all the information. I know it was really helpful for the audience. Thank you so much. Any last words as we say goodbye? Keep moving forward with your business. The world needs you. Absolutely. The world needs what you have to offer. Well said. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nick. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to be part of the Amplify Your Authority podcast community, I would be thrilled. Not only do you get the Monday Marketing Memo, quick reads to help you start the week, but you also receive each new episode in your inbox with all the links, all the show notes, and all the content upgrades. You'll also have an opportunity to submit your copy for critique live on LinkedIn when we record the podcast. Or if you'd like to be a guest, there'll also be information on how you can do that. Thanks so much. Hope to see you inside the community.